0: Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky, and I am joined this week with Brett Freeman. Hey everyone. Jonathan Lee. Hello everybody. Zach Katie. Hey, hey, hey. And a very special guest, Drew Brady.
1: Hey, how y'all doing?
0: Alright guys, so we are winding down the packs. We have a little bit over a month. Um, we have the rules reference dropped so that we didn't get to it yet. So we're going to briefly go over that and then we are definitely going to talk over road rules and how everyone is uh, feeling about that. So why don't we jump right into it and um, talk about the rules reference a little bit. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about is you know a lot of the stuff that they kind of put out. Like, Just kind of clarifying things. Like, there's nothing special. They added some lines of text. There was nothing that we really didn't know. Um, Like, all right, so they added that you can't decloak and then drop a bomb. Uh, It was something that we kind of figured was supposed to happen, but like, FFG is bad at rating things. So uh, I'm glad that they clarified that. Uh, Electro chaff missiles is a device that you can't drop a bomb and fire a missile. Hey, you know well, I mean,
2: that it
1: does open up some other interesting things <laughs> that you can do right
0: what What are you thinking
1: oh i just there's a there's there's a couple of cards that let you uh do something with devices you know after um yeah i'd have to look up the text um but they've clarified <laughs> now it's both a device and a missile so things that trigger off of those two uh, keywords both apply. Sure.
0: Um, and, and here's a big thing, and I know Brett might have some strong feelings about this, but uh, gas thought, like yeah, gas clouds no longer convert a blank to an evade, So it's no longer the auto thrusters cloud. Um, how do you feel about that, Brett?
3: I think it's a fantastic change. They were way too <laughs> strong. They were there was very little reason to bring another type of obstacle if you were flying any type of ace list. It was just serious power creep in obstacle form. I am I mean, my lists are sad that they're gone, but I, as a player, am happy that they're gone. And particularly in a dash meta, now I'm just super happy. Like, now I can bring rocks and not have to be worried I made a bad choice. Okay.
1: Are you a That's dash cool. player?
3: No, no, I am, I am like an opposite of a dash player. I just want all three agility aces that you know are gonna all die to his massive firepower.
1: Yeah, because I think this is actually a uh, a buff to dash. Dash often likes to take trick shot, and the downside to trick shot is with all the gas clouds around, it basically neuters your die. Well, now that the gas cloud doesn't turn those into evades you don't have to worry about that you can bring whatever and no stress every time you're going through any kind of obstacle at all it's a free extra die with no penalty
3: oh yeah dash is not like sad about this i'm just happy that now i can bring something that dash is sad about which is you know the rocks he doesn't love seeing those i mean he's oh i don't know but. if
1: that's true and he can't he ignore them
3: he, he can't shoot off of a rock yeah, V lands on but the he mission.
1: could he could he could roll off of a rock.
3: Yeah, in, correct. But then he's wasting his action on that, and he's not focused. So I, I it's the only fair, fair. obstacle I have that <laughs> gives him any pause.
0: So <laughs> springer, uh, you know, you have to auto include that Jake with that. Uh, it's fine. Everything's fine. Well, it's because when like uh, gas Bounce came out, it was almost like you know, with the droids and the vulture droids and all that stuff. It was kind of like oh, they can't like. Uh, they can't land on these things and all that stuff. And it was like, that never really kind of came to, like, I feel like that's why they did it, but then, like, it didn't happen. So, I mean, I'm glad that they're kind of neutering this a little bit, but I um, I think it's fine. I'm happy about it. I'm glad that they added all the uh, fun stuff with the stream and all that uh, other stuff. So, um, anything else about one, stuff? Yeah, that it,
1: one doesn't, doesn't, uh, in contrast to perhaps some other things, that change does not seem to be terribly controversial. I haven't heard really anybody I, up in arms about about this as a change.
0: I think the only controversial thing I heard about it was I think someone like glued their old 1.0 auto thruster parts to their gas valves, and now they were sad they couldn't use them. But yeah, I
1: mean... that's not really controversy. <laughs> I think that was, I think that was somebody who was doing that as a critique anyway. Of right. that these are stupid. These gas clouds that give people free of AIDS. See, they're auto-thruster right. style. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I think uh, the unintended consequence. I think you're going to see a lot more uh, uh, things like trick shot, anything that likes uh, uh, likes obstruction for whatever reason. There was a small downside, um, but. Most uh most of the community seems to be pretty happy with this.
0: Right. Uh so moving on. Um one thing I do want to touch base is they added the line of the missed opportunity. I I think that is the, like I, I think that's just further clarification. I wanna say that like as a TO or anything, anything that doesn't say may or um uh, or if it does say must, like I, I'm still going to enforce it. And I know one of the things that kinda came up was uh Soon, tier, it doesn't say a may gain a focus token. So it, it's one of those things that if you miss the opportunity, um, it's got to be something like spending a token, or it's got to be something like, you know, you forgot to do something that says may. Um, if you're going to be one of those guys that's just like, oh, you forgot to do this, and it's a broken game state, I, I, I maybe not rewind everything a bunch, but I think I'm still going to. Um, Anything that should be in the game that you are supposed to do, I think I would still enforce. Like, I, I don't think I'm going to let stuff like that just slip and slide right out of there. Um, I, again, I don't think it was anything that was really... Different, like I think it's the way that's always been. Um, ships having to be on the their bases that was, you know, if you ever played on an FFG stream and had to be there, that was fine. I don't think anyone's gonna really enforce anything like that. Um, more pegs, sure, more pegs that that has always literally been the rule. I don't know why, maybe it got lost in uh 2.0 rulings. Um, if a player forgets to set a dial, they do the stress maneuver of a two white, which. Um I like that they finally clarified something like that. It's actually happened to me before because I forgot to set a dial, um, but and now you know you know what you would do. Um, and they get a stress. Other than, Don't forget that. Correct. You do get the stress. Um other than that, is there any other rules from the rules reference that you guys want to touch base on?
3: Honestly, there was not much that was important besides the uh, the gas cloud one.
0: Yeah,
1: other than the glass cloud one, like you said, some of it was just sort of clarifying some stuff that was sort of the way we were playing anyway. They've been trying to do this with the missed opportunities. I think they're trying to find the rules written in a way that it's like, hey, don't be a jerk. Don't try to skip past somebody. They have these opportunities, but on the other hand, you know. You're allowed to take a free focus when Jake Barrow rolls. If you don't, you don't. The the other player's not obligated to say, "Hey, you missed that."
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. right. They went too far, I think, or they potentially went too far and made it seem like both players were responsible for remembering everyone's triggers. So this was just kind of dialing it back, I think, to a a more normal level.
1: Yeah, and it is an interesting feature. Like, if you just you know, I I like to try to empathize with the other side. It's like. Literally everything that you put in the rules to try to clarify. Well, now there's more words that people can misinterpret. So it's a it's an interesting game of whack-a-mole, trying to write a set of coherent rules for a game and not have them be misinterpreted.
0: Uh, I definitely agree. Um, like I said, I, I'm just worried that like people, you know, we, we talk about like the like don't be a dick or anything. I, I'm just worried that I people are going to try to take it to the extreme to be like, you know, oh, you didn't do that. And like, don't get me wrong. There is like a certain timing that I would agree with certain things, but I I would just hope that people are kind of like, you know, fly casual, like, uh, you know, to a, to a certain level of extent, you know, Um, and and that worries me a little bit. And um, I hope it just kind of gets glossed over that. Everyone kind of just remains chill about it.
1: I am. All That'll happen. (laughs) one one small interesting clarification there was a there were a couple of people in my local area that were trying to um do some some interesting shenanigans with electro cloud and uh uh, delayed fuses and they've clarified that you're not allowed to do that you can't add a fuse on top of the fuse that it comes with so it's going to expire in two turns you can't leave it out there for three
0: is that a ruling that a like not just for electric chaff, but like can they only have fuse marker
3: on it? I, uh, I don't think that's a rule that you can only have one, but it is for for chaff. Like yeah, uh, I don't think is, but I don't think there's anything. No,
1: there. I think it's specific for chaff. The only other one, so the fuse marker came into play originally with the uh, electro proton bomb, is the one that's the range right. two, and it comes with a fuse marker. And and I am fairly certain you can delayed fuse that and have that have two fuse markers. Uh, it was okay. so it's not a rule that you can never have two fuse markers on anything. The clarification in this set of rules, if I'm not mistaken, was that the electrotraff cloud can't have two fuse markers. Gotcha,
2: that makes sense.
1: There's also some stuff with Nim in uh, in Scum where you could potentially just hold on to, but that's not adding more fuses. That's just you can you right. can hold on to uh, uh you can pin a bomb. So wonder how that'll react with uh, electrocraft because it is a device. So NIM I just
3: checked. Nim says a bomber a mine, so I think it would still Right. Yeah I don't think you so would still so, you can't pin
1: that correct. That was my question.
0: Alright, let's get into the fun stuff. So, if you are in the dark, which I'm sure you're not, and um, have been all over Facebook, all over Reddit, all over wherever you might have seen us, uh, we'll start by saying that AMG basically dropped these rules in a Facebook post, on a Twitter post, uh, saying that the... First player is basically going to be decided after dials are set. Um, obviously, the first round it is you roll off and do all your stuff uh, as far as setup goes. And then after that, every time you figure out first player is after you guys set the dials. Um, so we're not going to get into the way AMG really kind of dropped the news. You know, we by the time this episode comes out, they're going to be doing another stream on Thursday, um, so hopefully we get a little bit more clarification, hopefully they answer some questions, and this episode isn't too dated with um, stuff that they announced. But, uh, it's really kind of, this is like kind of like the first time that I've really seen the X-Wing community this divided on this thing. Uh, we're, if you're not familiar, which like I said, um, most of you guys are, I'll go over the rules ref as a you. Uh, you roll three attack dice. The player with the most crits is first player. Then the player, if there's no crits, then it's uh, flippers' results. Then finally, it, it's hits' results. I know people were complaining about that, but I mean, I, when you do a simple coin flip or hits or misses, it can kind of get messy to be like, oh, I'm called hits, and you know you know you didn't roll it right or something like that where this is just a clear result i you know whatever it didn't really in all the games that i've tested with this it didn't really add too much time to the game it was very simple and i kind of like that it's a hard stop going into the system phase uh that it's not just are you ready and then flip the dial like like you actually have a moment of pause um so people need to stop complaining about that first. five (laughs) things uh
3: that that is my opinion and um of all the things they did, having us roll three dice is by far the least controversial.
0: Right. I, yeah. it, it makes sense, I think. And, like- and it's also,
1: they, they talked, you know, a couple of people have talked about it's um, uh, the the one person versus one person 206 is not the only version of the game. And there are some scenarios that they've talked about with more than... More than two people, we've got aces high already, and they, they were talking about that droid soccer thing coming out, which sounds like that could be a four-person uh, game, and there's different versions of Epic that play with more than one, more than two players, rather. And so, you know, when you got three dice to roll, uh, it's, it, you, you can't do a coin flip if you've got more than two players. Right. So that just means it's the same trigger for everybody. Everybody rolls three dice, and you figure out who goes first, and you take it from there. And rolling dice is fun.
3: Like, the more dice you roll, the more fun it is.
4: It's, i mean so, i have a
0: theory
4: that yeah jonathan oh it's just say it's crits focuses then hits right yes yeah so i'm gonna be s-
1: i'm gonna be so mad when all my crits happen on those rolls and
4: not in the real <laughs> well that's game. what i'm saying there's like one so the reason that, like there's one crit on eight dice then there's two focuses then there's three hits so that's the reason why it's in that order because i know some people were complaining that it's not crits hits then focuses or the other way but it's because of the number of symbols on a die yeah Starting when you first hear it it,
3: it sounds weird right it's like it should be crits hits focuses but when you think about it like you just said it it makes sense that they're just going right. with the you know the fewest results and progressively getting bigger right and if you think about it,
0: if your dice are hot you're going to be first player and that's your punishment because you have hot dice so big brain right there <laughs> Um, yeah, like yeah uh, I exactly, except if interest. your dice are only hot on the roll, it's going
1: <laughs> to be terrible. I have to roll first right. and also blank out.
0: Yeah, so, um, be... I, like I said, though, I enjoyed the games that I played. I enjoyed doing the roll off, um, regardless of when it was. And and the chances of I, I did, I'm not going to lie, I did have probably two ties the entire each game, each game that I played, I had about two ties. So I mean, it did slow it down a little bit that way, but I think still at the same time it it, it was fine. Um, okay, so I, I think the way we're going to handle this is we'll go back and forth. Um, I know, like I said earlier, Brett, you are on the side of you, not sure. You probably don't like. You prefer it that if it was. Player order before dials, right?
3: Correct. I'm I'm completely on board with random player order and deficit scoring. Those were great additions. I was very excited about those. And I would have been fine with a single roll at the beginning of the game with alternating player order. Or if they want this randomness, then at the beginning of the turn before you set dials. This right now seems like the only form that I can come up with that I really dislike.
1: Should we just so, go around the horn before we talk about it? Like, there's like five different versions, right? We have what we used to have with the bidding. We have the roll before, uh, just once per game. You have the roll before each round. You have the roll after dials each round. Is that it? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, after significant thought, I'm coming down on. Um, you know, I think we should play it out. I think. The there's all kinds of qualifications on here, but uh, I'm coming down to I think after dials is, is going to be the most fair, uh, the most interesting, and the most fun. So that's me, Brett. You're on the everything but there,
3: um, yeah. I'm basically on everything but there, right? Like, all, all of the ideas seem good and like an improvement. This one just seems very, um, very bad to me.
1: And where does everybody else stand on this in the room?
0: Okay. so I'm very I've liked it so far. Uh, there was times that um the the games that I've played with this, it's I've had opportunities where it's it's kind of just, almost like a level of anxiety And I'm just like, and I'm say it's a bad thing that it, with the anxiety, but it's kind of like, um, I, I enjoyed it. Like it felt different for me. And, and um, I, I think, with how long the game's been out, it's almost seemed like uh, things might have gotten a little bit stale. and it, it was nice, refreshing for me.
2: And how about Jonathan and Zach?
4: Zach? I think Jonathan, uh, you go? sure, yeah, I'm totally I haven't tried it. I'm totally fine with trying it. I have no. Pre, I, I, am precon uh, in advance of trying it. I think I will like it. I'm just used to acting with no information or imperfect information, uh, so I'm willing to try it out.
5: I'm, also, I'm, I'm also very for this. I think Brett's vastly outnumbered <laughs> here. Uh, okay, let me, let me, let me my, my pardon. So I've, I've played a couple games that now. I am for innovation and change in the game. And I think this does drastically change the game. I can see the pros and the cons of that, of the game changing. But I think kind of what you were saying, Andrew, about like potential for getting stale and all that. Like, if this game wants to survive long term, it has to continue to evolve. and I think this is just the next step in that evolution.
0: Absolutely. And um, one of the things that I kind of want to like, all right, so we all kind of gave our first impressions on it. And one of the things that I'm also want to like, kind of like say is that like, I, we all kind of present different play styles, like Jonathan, I mean, you're four or five ship rebels usually, right? Like, um, uh, like, I'm very scummy with my things. Brett's our ace player so it it, it kind of like you know it 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 would make sense that, like, you know, Brett, you are very used to moving last. um, you are constantly bringing bids, and um you've had to play the game without you know bringing a bid or you without with getting out bid and stuff like that. So it's kind of like I almost feel like I understand where you are coming from, right that you would prefer to know if you're moving first or second um before all of this, right?
3: Yeah, I I'd be fine with just moving first. I would rather say I will just move first every single game, I think, than I would have to try and plan around the uncertainty of moving first or moving second because right, like moving first is not as good as moving second generally. But there are ways to uh, you know, try and capitalize on that. There's different strategies you can employ and you need to you're already at a big disadvantage when you are moving first you need to have that knowledge that you're moving first i think in order to capitalize on those strategies so i i just think that this is uh just going just far too much in the direction of randomness and cutting off those skills that that people have developed and i i I wish i hadn't used the word skills right there because i know that's been a big (laughs) buzzword in this last week and i i have a feeling we're going to have a discussion about it pretty soon. But uh, how about tactics? The tactics that we have all, uh, you know, had to try and learn to overcome the deficit of being first player. I feel like are being neutered now when you might have the status of first player without being able to try and capitalize on the few options that you do have.
1: There was a brief conversation on, I think it was the fly better podcast a, a, a week or two ago. Uh, where somebody likened it to playing black or white in chess. And black is at a disadvantage, but you know from the beginning of the game that you're playing the black side and what the disadvantage is. Um, And it's slight, and then there's a whole approach to how you play black that's different than how you play white but you know what your position is for the whole game. So I think that's sort of the direction that you're talking about. Is it, that right, Brett?
3: Exactly right, yeah. Like you, you know that you're coming in at a disadvantage there and you know you have to play around it. And that's, that knowledge helps you do that.
1: And so you have a whole game-long strategy from turn zero on where you know, okay, this is, this is the position I'm in and therefore this is how I'm going to have to play that in order to... Uh, minimize and overcome the the white uh, side advantage or exactly. the, the the second player advantage for the other aces. Yeah, you you said it perfectly. Cool. Then I guess we're done.
0: no <laughs> Okay. So, so, <laughs> so, I mean, Brett, you brought up two things. I mean, obviously, the word skill has been tossed around a whole lot, um, which. The first first bullet point that I would put out there is that, you know, skill is a very subjective word. Um, This has been a topic for, you know, X-Wing existence that, you know, people talk about skill and everything like that. So I'm glad you brought up the word tactics. Um, And you're right. I I think it is going to change a lot of things. With that being said, though... um, your tactics are obviously I think going to have to change like there it wasn't like I so said me and Zach played a couple games uh yesterday um uh, where it was like something that like it was what do I do with one of my ships and it was kind of like I wanted to do my you know thought was it was Talonbane versus Kylo I wanted to do a 4 can you and I was like Kylo was in the way. So it was like, I, if I do a 4K, it's going to be great. And only if I'm moving second. If I do a 4K, then, like, Main's going to be a sitting duck and he's going to bump and get the stress and it's impossible to get the Kyrax and stress and then turn around and all that fun stuff. But it was also kind of like, at the same time, it was a little bit of, like, risk management. Like, it was kind of like, you know, I, am I going to gamble on this and actually make that um do that 4k and really kind of weighing different things now that i never weighed before like so like it, it really i enjoyed that where it was very like uh, completely different aspects to this that it was just like you know if i can land that 4k i'm going to be in such a great position um but it really relies on that 50 50 roll that i'm going to be having to do and, and Long story short, I ended up not doing the 4k because I thought if I did another maneuver that it was something that I could keep him alive for another round or two. But if it was something like he's on his one health left and I, there was stuff at a lower initiative that he could kill, I'm going to make the attempt um, because otherwise I might not have a shot if I do another round. So I, I really enjoyed that aspect. that It has this like new level of risk management that... Um, I might want to do a maneuver that I might otherwise not have done um, because I know I don't know where I'm going to be um, in the queue if I'm going to be first player or second player, and I definitely enjoyed that. And um, I think it's going to be fun to watch, uh, you know, these streams and everything of people taking these, you know, different risks. And like, again, don't get me wrong; sometimes they're not going to pay off, and. You know, they're just going to leave ships in as being said in ducks, but uh, I think at the same time, it's going to be like, I feel like there's going to be very, there's going to be a lot of like ballsy moves that people could be making. And, and I think that could um, present the level of excitement in the game uh, to different levels.
3: All right. So I, so I agree that what you're saying there, that it's going to, it's gonna make you think about the game differently, right? And and we'll come up with new tactics. Right? Like that that's something that's gonna happen. Like someone is gonna is gonna realize this is now the optimal way of playing and we're all gonna piggyback and pretend we've been doing it all along. Like the, you know, the same way it, it always works. The four K that was a really interesting example because that was what really scared me the most. Like as soon as I saw this, I, I messaged someone and I said, Okay, my ships will never do a K turn again. Because if there's a chance that they're gonna be blocked that's usually the type of mistake that is game over, right? You're facing the wrong way and you're stressed now. It's it's unlikely uh, if your opponent is is playing at a high level that you're going to be able to to make up that mistake. Now, they, they could there could be other rule changes that that could fix this, right? They could make it so that if you do a red maneuver and you bump into a ship of the same initiative of yours that you no longer get a stress token like there could be ways that they could they could mitigate that but the 4k in particular is probably or, or any k turn but i'm just saying the 4k is you know usually where your ship could be the most exposed right there's a reason why you know like beginning x-wing is just flying at each other and k turning and high level x-wing you don't see that type of, of strategy quite as much um I, I personally would be scared to do any type of K-turn maneuver if I feel like uh, there is a chance that that die roll could block me. Now, there's always a chance, right? You know, a lower initiative ship, they could call it, they could block me the same way that that happens now, and that's something I'm already trying to play around. But that's not so much random, that's I have to try and make the right call as to what tactic do I think my opponent is going to use. When it's a die roll, so this that's is, not there. Yeah, so this is actually, I think
1: where it gets, this is a good example, the, 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 the stuff that you're talking about here, um, uh, building on what, what Andrew was uh, saying from his practice game. Um, I think that we often get into a situation where it's late in the game and we're down. And if you're late in the game and you're down, and your I-5 moves after your opponent's I-5, well, then you've got ways To combat that right you've got some strategies you know that you're behind you know that you can arc dodge and you know that you can dive in um if you're always moving first uh you know or if you've got wedge against soon and soon is flying after you and you're down the game's over in this situation you're gonna have to be able to take risks you're gonna have to be able to do that 4k if you're down but that could pay off huge right it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a risk, but it's a high reward kind of risk if, it's not an easy thing, if you pick the move, if the die roll goes the way you want it so you don't get blocked, if they don't do whatever they can do specifically to block you, uh, then you can turn the game around, which is a very different situation than what we have been playing with since before 2nd Edition, uh, where you really don't have any opportunity to take the risk, to take the 4k that might get blocked because there's no move that you could do that risk or no is going to, is going to put you in a favorable position.
3: Right. And, and the fly better people, they've been calling that like zombie games and that's like a zombie board skate state, right? Like there, there's almost no way you're going to be able to come back from that. So I agree that having that, flexibility where maybe you're now going to be able to come back is good i feel like though you would get that same flexibility if it was random orders before you set your dials now you would know okay you know what i i have the upper hand now i can try and soon tier just doesn't have this advantage for the whole rest of the game right which is what you were describing like soon tier is going after wedge wedge is you know maybe going to get a, a shot or so it's not going to be a great one and soon tier might arc dodge him and that's game over um Yes, and here's the and that so that's
1: part of it. Uh, but part of it also is as soon as you do that die roll, yes, okay, now you know that you have the advantage, which means potentially you can bring their hammer down. But mm-hmm. the person you're trying to catch up to also knows that now their position is okay. Their job is to block you. So it's it's harder to play that catch up game. Where it's more interesting for me is if. They're ahead. Do they run away knowing that you might be going second and be able to chase? Do they go in for the block knowing that you might pull up short and have a range one shot? There's a lot more risk. It's a lot harder to be ahead and just run away. And being able to flip, like as you said, the random each turn is part of the difference, but actually, the no one knows how this die is going to roll is to the advantage of the player who is willing to take a bigger risk. And the one who's willing to take the bigger risk should, in most cases, be the one who's behind, which makes it a more interesting situation. You're not going to want to take that crazy risk if you're already ahead and you know that if you blow it, you could lose, you could lose wedge.
3: Right, yeah, you, know, you you don't want to lose the game in the in you know the first quarter or anything like that. Like, so you're gonna you're gonna be trying to play safe, and I I agree with that. And well, I you see can the chaos I'm is. I'm talking falling. about the, yeah.
1: yeah, I'm not talking about the first quarter. I'm talking about the the fourth quarter. You're down, you're down twenty points.
3: Oh right, yeah, I'm saying like the soon tier player who who's who's ahead who who's not gonna want to take a risk normally because he's he's. He's in a good position. He doesn't need to to gamble everything when he's probably going to do well anyway.
1: And the person who's behind knows that, and that's part of the risk assessment. So this was some of the stuff that Paul Heaver was talking about uh, uh, in one of the, I don't even know where this was, one of the comment pages of something um, is, you know, it's it's multiple levels of risk assessment that you're going to have to manage.
3: And I have Uh, a very strong rule that if Paul Heaver says something, that it is almost certainly right. I I I 100% <laughs> am a, a follower of of the Church of Paul.
1: <laughs> so we're all with Heaver.
3: Yes. The, uh,
4: oh,
1: Jonathan,
4: oh yeah, I was gonna say though I agree with Drew. Like if you roll, and I didn't think about this until he said it, but like if you roll before dials, then you especially in that fourth quarter situation that you described, then you're like, oh wait, do I play aggressive? Do I play safe? Do I run away? Do I engage? And like so you lose you know you're going first then you're it, it changes your mindset on that dial setting and i feel like if you don't know if you go first or second it adds i think it does add some uncertain i i think if you know that information it, you can end up in the situation where so, every turn someone's disengaging the other person's chasing and it goes back and forth and i i not explaining this well but i agree with what no you no just you said. are you are you yeah. are it's 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 Um,
1: And it's the same problem that I have with the alternating player order, is that each turn you know which position you're in, so you know if you're the person who's supposed to be chasing or supposed to be either blocking or running away, depending on what your strategy of choice is uh, in that position. And if you don't know – and remember, everybody, this is like a very narrow band. Uh, I think uh, like Pink Brain Matter had it, and I'm going to get the number wrong, but it was somewhere in the – 30s or 40s percent of games that have any overlap at all in terms of the initiatives, um, and so then we're talking about in that 30 or 40 percent of games where we have overlap at all. Maybe there are three or four turns where this kind of situation really matters, where this, where this multiple level of okay, if I do this move to be aggressive and I lose the die roll, then I'm risking getting my 4K blocked it's going to be two, three, four turns in a game in 30 or 40% of the games. Uh, but in those situations, I find this a much more interesting and fair way to do it.
0: I definitely agree um, with everything they're saying. And, like, you, to bring up, like, another situation, like, it's not a problem anymore because Korea doesn't have advanced sensors, but, like, I had a, a game where it was just like Guri had advanced sensors, and no matter what I did, they could just barrel roll and do whatever they wanted, and like, the, the game was over. There was nothing you could do at that point. It was just kind of like, do I just kind of try to stay alive as much as I can because I can never get an arc on Guri because she's moving after me, but um, looking at something like that, like it, it's it gives the other player a actual chance in certain situations now that you never had, and like, um, if it was before dials, it could have been um something where like Guri could have still gotten into different positions that she knew that I couldn't ever really get an arc on that. Um, get an arc on the ship. So, I mean, granted, now she doesn't have the advanced sensor or the uh, sensor slot anyway, so it's not a problem. But um for future proofing, there could be situations where that is possible, and it, it's not now. So uh, I definitely am phrasing the after dials, um for that purpose
1: yeah and actually just uh, just just a small tangent here um taking the sensor slot away from gurry that's an interesting change taking the cannons away from the the eddas that's an interesting change so um you know one thing i think maybe has been lost because everybody's been in this flame war for for a couple of days um I don't think that the the I don't think AMG and the playtesters got enough credit for this was a really interesting round, not just for the points update, but they changed slots. They changed a lot. They took away Dash's ability to double tap, which enabled them to lower the prices. Like there's a lot of the stuff that they hadn't really explored or FFG hadn't really explored, even though they set it up in their creation of uh, of second edition where these things were going to be possible your cards don't have the point values printed on them, but they also don't have the upgrades pointed on them, um, uh, printed on them rather. And so there's a lot of interesting design uh, stuff that's coming out of that. And I think they did a really great job with a lot of those changes uh, this time around. End tangent.
3: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think AMG has, for the most part, done a pretty good job. Uh, We've spoken many times here. We love the rules for them. Like that, that is, I think, hands down, the best change that has happened since this AMG uh, transition. But I agree, this points change had a lot of interesting nuance, um, particularly with the slots being changed. So I I do give them credit for that. I think that they have done um, a a good job of showing that they're trying to make the game their own. And I think most people were very happy when they just announced, you know, that they were going to have some random player order and deficit scoring, that those seemed like rules that were going to really progress the game further. I guess still the, what I'm, I'm just really hung up on here, and and I don't play a ton of minis games. Like, Zach, Zach is kind of our, our expert mini game guy, but I've played Legion, I've played uh, Armada, not much of, of either, right? But in, in those games, you have alternating type player order, but you also don't have anything locked in. Like, you might have, uh, this is going to be like my action that turn, but your maneuver is not locked in. X-Wing, the dials, and, and making sure you execute your maneuver fully to get that action, have always been a very big part of the game. And I think that's really what I struggle with most, is that now it's it's tough to, to plan for making sure I can even execute a maneuver when I don't know if I'm moving first or that ship is moving first. And so, I, I do dislike that a lot. I, 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 I think... Saying, <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I
0: was gonna say well, I get what you're saying, but I also think that like um, when I look at it, I, I when you were talking about print brain brain matter and everything, how many games are you actually, you know, going to be in situations even that it, that could be an issue? Like it certainly could be, but it's also one of the things that we kind of tested. I played a game yesterday where player order didn't matter at all the entire game. So I mean, it's. You might lose a little bit of agency that way, but I think at the same time, it would be interesting to see how you know, often it does become a problem. That was mine
2: yeah
1: so uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be old here for a second. so when i was when I was a kid way back, way back, way back, there was a, there was a a, a funny a stand-up comic routine. Uh, around the idea that the NFL would like flip a coin at the beginning to see who got to kick off and who got to receive, and then the and then the comedian was was saying what would that be like through history, and so you know had a couple of examples, and one of the big examples was like the American Revolution. Be like, okay, uh, you know, heads, it's tails. Okay, tails. The Americans get to the colonies get to pick. Uh, okay, good. So the colonies choose that. Um, they're going to get to wear whatever they want, and they're going to get to hide in the bushes. And the British side, you're going to have to wear all bright red uniforms and march in straight lines. It was like on the coin toss; you just put yourself at a huge disadvantage. And so I feel like this is this is what we have uh, in the in the version of the rules that we've been playing with. It's like okay, let's let's flip a coin and it wasn't even flip a coin it was a it was a um a bidding system which made i guess gave people the illusion that they had more control over this cuz you could buy your way down to this but no matter what the situation was whether it's the buying or the you know through the through the bids or the the version that everybody frankly just completely erroneously thought was what Uh, AMG meant when they said that they were going to announce a random player order. Um, I don't think anybody thought this through well because flipping a coin at the beginning of the game is not actually random. Um, What they're proposing is random. But in in that version, you're still doing something where it's like, okay, we're going to have some decision point where we decide who gets to have a ginormous unfair advantage for the whole game. And that is the crux of the problem. That, I think, is the problem that they, were, that they were trying to solve here. One thing I'd like to just sort of do as a thought exercise uh, with, with the four of you is like, if you could try to hypothetically imagine that the game doesn't exist yet and we're building all of these rules and all the mechanics and the thing with the dials and everything with the dice and we're all good on that and then the question comes up, uh, okay, well, what do we do about who decides how the you know which pilot gets to move first and which pilot gets to shoot first? And then somebody comes up with the idea of initiative. So we've got, you know, it used to be up through nine. Now it's up through six. We've got some pilots that go at one, some at two, some at three. Now there's another level of like, okay, but what if both have ships that fly at five? Now what? If we're at that place and we're trying to come up with a hypothetical on like what's the best way to do this, And one of your options is like, well, geez, in those small number of games where, well, we got to make it fair, so let's have this be really random. Let's have it be random every round. That's one version. The version that we're talking about moving to is one version. And the other version is, ooh, I know. Let's make it so that one player always has the advantage all the time. I don't think if we were coming from a place where neither rule exists, and we're trying to choose between these rules and say which one of these seems more fair and more fun, I don't think anybody ever would have picked the one with the bidding. I don't think anybody would pick the one where you flip a coin at the beginning of the game. I think we would be talking about like, well, yeah, obviously, it's much more fair to have this be random each, each round, because that gives each player an opportunity to have the advantage. Sometimes it doesn't only favor one player. That's my hypothesis. What do you guys think?
4: I mean, if I could design it from the ground up, I would have you, I, it'd be impossible to do it, but I'd have you clock in boosting and barrel rolling on your dial. So like you commit to boost, like barrel roll left, boost right. When you oh, set that's super interesting. Dial, like when you set his gotcha. dial at the beginning or... Instead of eliminate boost and barrel roll, but there's like add like twenty more maneuvers to the game, so an interceptor has like ten more maneuvers and then but you have to pick that maneuver at the beginning that's
1: that that, that that's I, I I like the verse version of what you were talking about better that's super interesting isn't there is it armada or isn't there one of those games that has that where it's like it's two different dials, one of them is the maneuver and the other is the action, and you do set them both, or am I just inventing that?
4: Like a lot you, you stack those dials, right? Like the command dials yeah, or
5: the order dials, yeah.
4: So that's that's an
1: interesting. So that's if you had to design X-wing from the ground up, you might do a version that looks like that.
4: Yeah, like Tier Like when you set tier's dial, he's like, after I three uh two bank, I'm gonna barrel roll left, boost right, and then you put it on the dial as you set the dial down. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it would be even interesting, I think, it, uh, a variation of that where it would be uh, I'm going to do my two bank and then I'm going to reposition so that there is a little bit of flexibility once you get in there, but yeah. you do have to, right? You can't stay put. You have to, to boost or barrel roll some direction. That's cool. That was Jonathan, right?
2: That was yeah.
5: Well, I think, kind of going back to your original question, the hypothetical that you gave, um first up i mean this isn't really hypothetical they probably had this exact discussion before they ever launched 1.0 and they chose the one that we think that none of us would choose
1: actually they chose one that none of us (laughs) did choose and none of us even remember the original (laughs) thing that they chose for the tiebreaker anybody remember this from the very first edition empire goes first empire goes first that was their tiebreaker Yeah, which already assumes that one player is empire and one person's rebel, which is not the way the game evolved.
5: Yeah, all all this to say they they initially chose a system of bidding by points, even going into 2.0 like that was the system they chose. And I think the reason they chose this is this is what happens when a board game company is making a miniatures game and you generally will choose simplicity over complexity. There's no denying that this current change makes the game more complex, even if it's only slightly more complex. And I think that's why originally they they didn't, they went with the, you choose it once at the beginning because that just removes a step in the process of what was in their minds a complicated board game without a board, not a miniatures game in the traditional sense.
2: Makes sense. Um All right, so like thinking about it though, I mean,
0: so I, I maybe I would say the bidding process works a little bit better in first edition for a couple reasons. Of you know, we had things like turrets, the three hundred and sixty turrets, and uh, arcs weren't that crazy um important. You know, TLT was a thing and like i know this is a lot of power creep that i might be talking but i mean maybe it's not translating well to second edition so uh, i mean now granted i know that you know the bidding system and all this has always been a uh, problem from you know way back when and and i give amg so much credit for you know and, and you know because like I said earlier they're they're brave for tackling one of like the most complained about issues um uh, with X-Wing and right off the bat like they they're I would say like this is probably one of like the first like looks like we're getting into the uh, actual organized play season coming up hopefully and it looks like they're t- tackling this and hopefully it works out um uh, but I, I think Maybe it made a little bit more sense in first edition, um, the bidding system, and but it just doesn't work translate well to the uh, second edition, and I, I think it definitely
2: has a problem.
0: I, I know that's uh, not the exact thing you asked for, but I think that's that is my take. Like I, I think I, I think it worked a little bit better for first edition than it does for second edition.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was out of control in first edition and I think they rectified almost all of those things going into second edition. Um, And I think, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, I think this was one that was already a problem in first edition. They didn't change it, they didn't change the bidding system, moving into uh, second edition. um, It might have been more palatable for everybody if while they were changing so many other things. No 360 turrets, no TLT. You know, no auto thrusters, a bunch of other adding the force. Uh, it might have been good at that point to say, and we're changing the tiebreakers in this way. They fixed a lot of stuff going into second edition. This is one holdover that I think I think did need to be fixed, uh, even if people weren't, weren't conscious of it.
0: Right, and it's like we really haven't had a tournament update um, or like rules update as far as like this. In how long? It's been a long time since, like, tiebreakers were a thing, or like uh, when ties were a thing. <laughs> so, so, it's, it's, it's yeah, like actual I ties. Yeah, okay, exactly. When when ties were, you could you could, you know, both people can see it and it'd be a tie. Um, so, but uh, I definitely think it's something that's been overdue. Uh, Brett, did you have anything to
3: this? Yeah. So, I think it was a good question, Drew. Like, it's it's been making me sit here and think for the last couple of minutes. Um, and I, I agree, right? I think if I was sitting here, there was just a vacuum in front of me and I had to decide how it was going to work, I would not pick a system where one player has an advantage the entire time. Um, but I don't think that I would also come up with this random order after dials. I think I would, in that situation, think, well, if we're just taking turns each turn on which player is first and which player is second, that seems to be the most equitable way of distributing out any advantage that comes from being first or second. And I actually just went back and I was looking at the the core rule book for uh, first edition because, thank you, Google, it, it makes it easy to do that. Um, and honestly, reading this, it, it seems like they kind of were of the opinion that going first may have been an advantage. Um, so I don't think cool. anyone really was aware of exactly what this game would uh devolve into with all of our uh arc dodging um type of hey, tactics.
0: When did when did this yeah, really 100%. kind of become a
3: problem? Was it like push
0: the
4: limit like when that there's came no out? Boost. Like, that, well, there's no boosting, right? so like when first edition came so,
0: out, so right, 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 no, so push like the I mean, limit.
4: Yeah, push the limit might have,
1: been, might have been the thing that really pushed it over the edge, where all of a sudden everyone has two actions as long as they have a talent. Um, and so anybody who can reposition it all. And remember, too, you could put engine upgrade on anything. You could have anybody get a boost. That was a modification slot. Um, so the combination of the engine upgrade and the, and the push limit meant every single ship in the game could reposition and most of them could reposition twice so for sure that's a totally different game than in the first edition uh early on where they decided to do tiebreakers and probably thought that being first was an advantage
3: right so yeah so i i definitely yeah like if i if i was now i like to think i would i would be able to figure out that being first was bad and being second was was better so i'll i'll give myself the benefit of the doubt that i would have come up with that Um, And and if I did, then I think I would have found that that alternating was probably the the most equitable. If the concern was raised that, well, maybe that means one person is going to know when they can and cannot be aggressive, then I think I would have just tried to come up with something random where that, you know, maybe there's a deck of cards, you know, if I now have a 12-round game and six of them are, uh, you know, X players going first and Y players going first as a way to to distribute out that that advantage in a, an equal but random way. Um, but I, I definitely don't think I would have come up with, nor do I think that the best system is one where uh, you are having to set your dial and then come up with, or and then figure out how it's going to be. I think that uh, players like to have that feeling of agency. I mean, I, I want to feel like, you know, hey, maybe my 4K is not going to work. Maybe they're still going to arc dodge it. I still, I still came up with this move, right? They still had to, to figure out this was what I was going to do in order to, to play around it. So at least I got to give it my shot. And I feel like you, know, you might be losing some of that. And I would rather have that feeling of, I, I guess I just made the wrong call, than, uh man, the dice didn't go in my favor on that player order, and now I, I can't come back.
5: I mean, it's not taking the call away from you, though. It's just changing how you make that call.
1: I think the piece that you're talking about with like really wanting to have agency, I think that we really get into it again. You know, we're at 60 minutes, 75 minutes is around the corner, 65 minutes, somewhere in the, you're in the end game phase. Um, I think the people that really benefit from having that degree of agency where you know, if you're first or second, you know what your dial is ahead of time. uh, The people who really benefit from that when we're at when we're at 70 minutes into the game are the people who are ahead. And so where it really matters if what if all this does is gives a not an advantage but but takes away the advantage of the person who's ahead in this very narrow band of i5 versus i5 i6 versus i6 um You know, taking taking away that agency takes away the benefit that the person who's ahead has. And that makes the game more interesting for me. It means you can always come back. It means that the person who's behind has a situation where they can take a risk, and if they took the right risk in the dial and the die roll goes their way, well, now they have a real shot of pulling out the win at the 11th hour.
3: That's true, but it, it and i am not trying to sound too contrarian at all but that almost sounds to me a little like um I'm, I'm playing fifa and all of a sudden now the you know the computer has entered god mode and you know my four goal lead could be evaporated in a second because they want to make the game feel close at the end like at a certain point the players in in the lead because he's played the game you know, arguably better maybe he's gotten a little lucky but you know if, for the majority of games he's probably played the game better he deserves to be in the lead and if you're taking away that advantage too much and I don't know if we're too much but if you're the, the more you take away that that advantage uh, you know the less that early game matters
4: but like Brett the whole game is played under the same circumstance it's not something that changes in the end game.
3: Right, but but these these decisions were and this is what we've been talking. Where the you know the big four K that you wouldn't normally take, but you need to take that risk now. Those those are situations that we're saying are coming up. You know, in that fourth quarter, right? The last 10, 15 minutes, you got three turns left. This this has got to be your chance, or you're never gonna gonna pull it off.
1: Yes, and if you're the other player who's ahead, if you really have been outplaying and you're really dominating, well, then you're not only up by half of. Wedge at that point. You're up by enough that the one 4K is not going to be the thing that does it. So it's not a four game. It's not a four point, you know, when you're doing your FIFA analogy, it's not your, you're not going to erase a four point lead, uh, but you could definitely lose a one point lead. And I don't know that we want to go with soccer as an advantage because I don't know that soccer is the, of all the games that exist in the universe, the one that's done tiebreakers well with those idiotic kickoff things okay, that, happen that that's entirely
3: end. fair i just know fifa <laughs> has like you know that god mode controversy that that people are upset about so but yeah i, I will leave any soccer uh, penalty kick analysis to zach as he is our our uh our resident expert on that um so i guess if i could switch it a little though i mean if this was a new edition, i think this would be a little bit more palatable just because the problem cards that we have in this edition wouldn't necessarily exist like there are a lot of ships now that that there's their stock went up big time i think with this this new new change and i think the you know the points change does not necessarily reflect that and we could be in for now a rough cycle and and i get that the cycles are not particularly long but um i think i agree with you that i would have rather this was rolled out with a new points change that uh, you know is is properly taking into account these uh you know, after dial repositions uh or, you know, after your dial is revealed type uh repositions as well.
5: Do we know it wasn't I mean, we did just get a points update not that long ago. They probably already have this rule written when they released that points update.
4: I mean I'd also say like this only matters when like six versus six or five versus five. If Brett if you and I played, this would never this probably would never come into <laughs> this would never come up if we played.
1: I didn't I didn't catch who asked the, the, the hypothetical there. Uh, I'm going to speculate with no evidence whatsoever that if the some number of how many playtesters are there? There's probably dozens or maybe a hundred playtesters. If the playtesters were in on this change before they made the points update, my speculation is twofold. One, this would have been released with the points change, and two when it landed, there would have been a lot more prominent voices from, you know, the playtesters don't tell you who they are because of the NDAs, but the playtesters are prominent players in the community, and I think there would have been a lot more prominent voices saying, "No, no, this is good. No, no, this matches the points update that just came out." And the fact that there weren't a lot of those prominent voices right out of the out of the gate, the fact that this didn't land at exactly the same time as the points. Uh, the fact that what I think we can all agree on is whether this is the right move or not the right move dropping this news the way they did on Twitter on a Friday afternoon and then letting everybody set the house on fire over the weekend uh, none of this leads me to believe that this was well thought out and and in line with that points update
0: so one, one thing I do want to add to that though is that um now, I know this isn't going to apply to everything, but we do not have any information on the ban list. And I'm curious if, like, maybe this might go hand-in-hand hand with some of these things. Like, I mean, like, I-, I couldn't see them banning Strikers and Reapers altogether, but, like, I mean, maybe with this point, if they're just going to be like, okay, Slave 1, Old Slave 1 is banned and because of this reason... Right. Um, advanced
1: sensors exactly. banned, exactly. supernatural right. reflexes banned, Luke Gunner banned. Possible, exactly, but again, their communication. I mean, can we all agree that they fumbled this part of like Absolutely. even if this is even I mean, if this is the right change?
5: They're fumbling the release, the right of, out. yeah, they're fumbling the release of the tournament regulations, like in general, or like all their kind of rules stuff in general. It's also, I think, it's part of it's just like a marketing problem. Like, if they were to market this as a preview for upcoming rule changes,
1: yeah, their marketing communications has just been
5: because like other games just do that all the time. Like Warhammer Forty K, like releases like snippets of upcoming rules, and but you will know like
1: used to do that. FFG used to do like regular, you know, and they had a bunch of games, and they have a whole cycle on their front page of like, you know pretty much every week, you would get a couple of updates, maybe not on your game, but there would be some update on some game, and it was like, hey, here's what's coming, and hey, here, we're going to introduce this new action slam, hey, we're going to introduce this new action tractor, Uh, you know, and you would get that way before the ships that had those upgrades came out, so people could debate it well in advance. This is not clear on what the timeline is on this.
5: Exactly, yeah. If they would have just Put this out with that of like, look at this upcoming snippet, uh, or the snippet of upcoming rules changes. Stay tuned for the rest. Like all of this debate goes away. Or at least the heatedness of this debate. I think the debate. Yeah,
1: 100 percent. So, you know, I've taken this position. I mean, I think it's clear from the beginning. I actually think of all the options out there. Um, I think the one that I would vote for is still the, the road rules, uh, as we're calling it. Um, but if you're, you know, uh, you've got packs coming up, right? Do we know what the rules are gonna be for packs? Or do you have to decide what the rules are gonna be? We have to decide. We have to decide. Okay. So, yeah, we're, so we're, we're if, have to if I was right, I don't yeah. think I don't think it's gonna go this way, but honestly, if I was running major tournaments anytime between now and the next time points are updated, my recommendation would be Let's not do any of these changes. Let's stick with the points came out for this. We're doing bidding. Let's keep on doing bidding. Uh, I don't think that any of these... Like I think we should go to road, and I don't think that we should do it until there's a full full set of here are the new points, here are the new abilities, here's how the tiebreakers are going to work out from here. It's all a package deal, and it's going to start um and actually honestly what i would do is you know they got these two formats the the hyperspace and the extended and it's not clear whether they're going to keep going with that but i would say you know okay new season extended uh you can do anything you're going to keep the old points bidding system and then we're going to have this new version of hyperspace that's hyper uh, curated rather um it's got a ban list. You're only allowed to use these ships. You're not allowed to, you know, some restrictions. And we're also going to implement this new tiebreaker system, and we're going to do an entire season from one new points update that's been specifically designed. These points are designed around this. If advanced sensors exists at all, it's 43 points. If, you know, you, you got extra points for, for these ships that the Eddas and the FO bombers that can do... The positions in the in the system phase well, let's try that for six months but i wouldn't do any changes between now and when we're ready to like fully launch uh, like hey here's a whole new set and we've tested the points specifically for these new rules
0: to be fair amg has advised us to just use the standard rules that are Aren't provided with us, but I mean, we know people were excited about the deficit scoring and all that fun stuff. So, uh, well, we still are going to uh, mull it over. And like I said, I know we have a We're recording this on the Wednesday. They're supposed to be giving us a stream on Thursday. So maybe we will get a clearer picture of what um, these things are are coming up with. But um, yeah, it's unfortunately
1: were, they've put all the yeah.
0: tournament organizers
1: in limbo. Until they've actually said, okay, here are the new rules.
3: Right. So speaking of that stream, this is the part that bothers me the most, and I hate to just seem like we're picking on them, but this injury was just so self-inflicted. Like, they had to cancel the stream because of bad weather. Was anyone upset that they had to cancel the stream because of bad weather? like just okay don't release the rules update now release it when you're able to make up the stream like this this is the part that that frustrates me the most was the 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 way they handled an unfortunate situation to just say okay well Here's this this thing that's you know the, probably the biggest change since second edition was announced, and we're just gonna drop it and and not say anything. If this was done during a stream where they could have you know seen the feedback and and immediately you know is able to respond to a couple questions and, and ease our minds a little, that that would have been very different. And and there was no need for this this you know injury to themselves that they they took.
0: I I get what you're saying, Brett, but I also it's got the community buzzing. Like people that haven't played X Wing are like, yo, know, haven't played in a while. I should say, are like, hey, what's happening? Like, and, and maybe that was their intent, but I mean, I don't know. It's, that, that's that's you
3: know, fair, it, right? No, is no that that, bad that the
1: no, no publicity is bad. Publicity kind of.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very uh, <laughs> um, generous interpretation. Absolutely, uh, of, but of, yeah. <laughs>
0: It's, like I said, I've never seen the community this, like this before. It, it, it's something different, um, which I, I, granted, we probably would have gotten no matter what when they did uh, drop these rules, but um, it, it's definitely been an interesting week and
1: seeing everyone's takes on this. Um, All right, I got a quick, uh, I got a quick, uh, what do you think about this tweak to, uh, tweak tweak to the road rules? Um, adds a little bit more complexity to it, and it comes up in even a narrower band. But I'm thinking, like, all right, I've got my my 3-I-5 ace list, and I'm going against your 3-I-5 ace list, and we do that roll after dials. But what that roll after dials does is, all right, I'm playing against Brett. So, Brett, you and I are going to roll the dials, uh, roll before, uh, sorry, roll after dials, And you get to be first player. Have to be, get to be, whatever. Uh, And so here's how it's going to work. Because you are first player, based on that single die roll that just happened after we all set our dials, you get to pick one of your ships and move that first. And then I'll pick one of my ships and move it first. And then you'll pick, and then I'll pick, and we'll alternate. So that that die roll uh, tells you who has to or gets to move their first ship, and then you alternate until you're run out of
3: whatever that I-5 level is. I like that rule change a lot, right? That's what they do basically in Armada. That's what they do in Legion. That's, I think that's what they do in Marvel Crisis Protocol, right? It's essentially you figure out who gets to do the first activation, and then you, you take turns after that. And I think that that would solve a lot of these issues that that i'm bringing up at least about the the lack of predictability at that point i see your move i know that that you know this third ship of mine their maneuver is safe i can i can save their maneuver for a later time and and take the one that was a little more risky i think that brings a lot more skill into it i i like that change a lot
1: cool that's my proposal then let's roll
2: with that andrew Jonathan, zach any opinions
0: <laughs> No, I mean, I it's been I, I've actually thought about that before because like I mean, like I said, I I see a lot of overlap from Marvel Crisis Protocol with um what they're doing with X Wing, so it, it wouldn't maybe make sense that that you know it's possible uh, possible that they add that into their rules uh completely. So yeah, I mean now granted I, I think um so one of the things that we haven't really talked about um yet and. We don't have to get too deep into it. Is that like, I think ace ace players are really you know um, the ones crying the most about this for lack like, of a better but, but I think swarm players if they have that mirror match, like I think this could just really. But if you implement something like that, you know you have six um, you know tie fighters that are the same initiative. Um, it, it could be really interesting to see that happen.
1: Yeah, that, and, seems, and, that's and, a, that's like, that seems like even more fun level of chaos. It's uh, your eight vultures against my eight vultures, and I get to move <laughs> one, and then you get to move one. And I mean, that, mean, that, that, I, really neat. That's that sounds I, fun I, and insane and terrible all at once. I yeah. mean,
4: as someone who plays Swarms, we're used to bumping all the time. We don't complain. Whatever. <laughs> we'll deal with it.
0: No, it's fine, you know, yeah. just big, that would just be, if, if, you know, let's say you have four B-Wings against, you know, some TIE Fighters or Vultures, I think that would be really interesting to see, if, like, you move your B-Wing first, and then, you know, they move a, a, a Vulture uh, vulture droid. So uh, I think that would actually be really neat.
2: Cool, cool, cool. All
4: you right, solved uh... the, the
3: problem, Drew. X-Wing is saved.
4: So alternating activation uh, per initi- at each initiative level? At,
1: at each initiative level, we'll, we'll still do roll after, after dials are set, but at this point, uh, what we're rolling for is who gets to be the first person of the alternating within that initiative. What if that was shooting still? So. Yeah, well, then, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting, right? I think it would be the same thing. I don't think you need a new roll oh, off. It's just like one person shoots right. first. Who do you want to shoot first? That's actually I like that a lot.
3: I'm like super know, excited about this. Part. And I know it's not even a real change, but I really <laughs> like it.
1: That's good. All right, there you go. Liberty Squadron podcast is has solved. Oh no There's your note. there's your there's your title
0: for the episode. Liberty Squadron <laughs> solves Solves it's going to be in like the, it's, it's always sunny font too. Liberty Squadron, the gang fixes X-Wing. Um, <laughs> and it's getting kind of late over here on the East Coast. But is there any like final comments that we want to, Brett, have you changed your mind at all? Do you think you're going to enjoy this? Do you, uh, are you still on the boat that you are going to hate this? I
3: mean, so, and, and I, I probably should have started this, right? Like I, I love X-Wing. This rule change is not going to make me not want to play X-Wing. It's definitely going to make me have to change the way I I plan for things. It's going to I'm going to have to learn new new skills or tactics or whatever term we want to go with, but it's not the kind of kind of change that at least for me would completely turn me off on the game. I I still don't think that this is the 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 best system. I, in fact, I I really do believe that Drew has come up with the best system now. Um but I'm excited to try it and see how it goes. Um, we don't know if it's going to be official or not, but it's certainly worth playing and, you know, trying to, to see if if it makes the game more fun, less fun, or or if the, the change is even meaningful at all. So you didn't change so my mind, we've... but I'm not negative.
1: So what we've really done is we've created a new situation where there's now a new version of the roles that would be better, that is also not what's going to happen. So we've got a new reason for Brett to be disappointed. Exactly. Jonathan, <laughs> <laughs> sure do you want
2: anything before we wrap up?
1: Well, I, uh, I've really enjoyed talking with all of you guys, and I hope I get home to uh, – to to the Philadelphia area sometime soon, so I can see you all in in person. That's um, that's my hometown, but I'm all the way out here on the west coast now.
0: I mean, it's always good when you come out. Um. Yeah. So, Jonathan Zach, do you have anything you want to put in before we start? Jonathan I'll take it. Uh, oh, there
2: we go.
5: Um, yeah, I'll give my last like final piece here.
2: My last pitch to Brett,
5: like I said at the beginning, like I think this is a change that has drawn an exorbitant amount of discussion among the community, and I do think it is a big change, but it's one of any number of changes that have come into this game over the years. like there's the game is changing all the time, right? Like, They had new obstacles, they had new ships, they had new mechanics, they had strain, they had... The game is consistently changing, and this is just another change. And we've had to change our tactics and our way of thinking with each change that's come into the game anyways. Every new wave of ship, we have to change our way
2: of thinking. This is just another one of those instances. That's my piece. Cool, cool. Uh, Jonathan,
4: you got anything? Uh, no, I think I said my piece.
0: <laughs>
4: all right. Uh, Drew, do you have anything you want to plug?
0: Anything? Any final words you want to say or anything like that? Or...
4: Oh,
1: well, you know, you, you, you want me to plug something? I'll always plug my
0: kids.
1: Yeah, I'll always plug my kids' podcast, although this latest episode's taken like two months and it's not out yet, so we got to all badger him. But yeah, yeah Isaiah runs the podcast. <laughs> The Worst Coast Children podcast uh, with his friend uh, Elijah Yoon, and um, when they, you know, they they, they're up to like seventy-five episodes or
3: something over the last uh, two and a half years. And
1: um, whenever whenever they're up, you should listen to it because they do some really good stuff.
3: I I heard them on Fly Better, and I have to say I was incredibly impressed. Right? I mean, they're they're you know they're they're kids, but they were so well spoken the they really had thought about the topics they were talking about it was it was very impressive to listen to you should be very proud
1: yeah thank you no definitely i am yeah they're 15 and 16 now and they've been doing this for three years since they were 12 and 13 and um, uh yeah they're awesome and even even when they're not doing that uh you should catch them at events because because they both play well too
0: All right, so our next episode is going to be a big one. We're going to to going be announcing all the prize support that we have for packs and plugs. Um, we have top and faction prizes. We have top two prizes, top four prizes, top eight prizes, top 16 prizes. I think we have up to top 32. Um, but we'll be announcing all that. We'll be making an official column. what we're doing like I said, I know we're doing a tournament this weekend just to test certain things out, uh, but we will be making the official call next week uh, on the podcast. So make sure you tune into that. Um, if you are not registered uh, for Pax Unplugged, I know there's a lot of people that have you know signed up on the Facebook but didn't sign up at the tabletop TO. You. Make sure you do that. Uh, we're looking to be in the general area of probably sixty. I think we were capped at eighty. But um, it would be awesome if we hit that. Uh, We have Aces High prizes that we're going to be giving out um, for pods for people that are going to play Aces High either on Sunday or if they do plan on shopping. We are doing a prize wall so we will be giving out uh, tickets and stuff. We have all that being organized. Uh, So make sure you do get on the tabletop.io and register there and all that fun stuff and like I said next week we'll be announcing all of this we'll be setting it in stone and we'll be going from there it'll be a month out so uh, the tournament is free to play you just need to get an Apex badge um, to get into the con otherwise you know you just show up register and you play um other than that, I think that's gonna do it. Thanks again, Drew, for coming on. It was great hearing you, and we uh, miss you over here. So, uh, thank you again. Oh yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. And uh, you know, check us out on Facebook. Check our Discord out, and
2: have a great.